Laura is a woman on a mission. In my mind, she is a true solar punk. Fed up with the snail-paced speed of development seen in the city of Sydney, in which we both reside, Laura has taken on the seemingly impossible project of retrofitting her Newtown workers' cottage and turning it into an urban off-grid oasis. Seeking to use the impossible house as a demonstration of what can be achieved in the heart of our cities, she has embarked on a complex journey of design and construction synergy. Spending her surplus time coordinating with various architects and tradespeople, Laura has managed to corral a team of skilled individuals from future thinking organisations in an attempt to make the impossible possible. I feel this won't be the last time we hear from Laura, as the adventure she has embarked upon has a lengthy future. Thankfully, she is happy to share her learnings with us, as it is her intention to develop a template for anyone looking to live and thrive in the solar punk cities of our heart's desire. Awesome. Hello, Laura. Hello, Sam. How are you? I'm really, really good. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you. Hey, Laura, the first question I have for you is why is your project impossible? Um, yeah, lots of people <laughs> ask me that question. So um, it's really because whenever I try to do something, I kind of get get this kind of response from people. Oh, mm, uh, it's a little bit impossible. <laughs> a little bit impossible. <laughs> Not a lot yeah. of positive, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes it's like, nah, can't help you. And mm. then, um, and then other times it's like, oh, it could be a bit tight. But um, yeah, I think it's what I've asked all of my service providers and you know the architects and and you know even the Inner West Council to to do what we're trying to do is um, you know build a, a big off-grid sustainable house on a very very small block <laughs> in the middle mm, of Newtown yeah. in the city so um, yeah everything that I'm trying to do in theory is not not difficult um, so you know no sewage no um, connections to mains for water and completely off-grid for, for solar none of that is difficult if you're on a big block but I'm on a really really small block and so right. Yeah. It creates it creates all of these um you know design optimization problems so um you've got to have the water solution fit in with the solar solution fit in with the um toilet solution and then obviously the house needs to look nice and, and, right. and be livable yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah i i basically have um you know presented a, a very difficult problem to all of the the project managers and um, yeah, that's that's why it's called the Impossible House. So. Yeah, yeah, that's so that's so cool. So for people who are listening right now, what what you're essentially doing is converting a it's like a builder's cottage, like that sort of standard um, those rows of builder's cottages that you would find in suburbs like some of the east. Uh, where, whereabouts are you? You're in Newtown, are you? Yeah, I'm in Newtown, uh, pretty close to Enmore Road and right. King Street. So I guess if people knew that knew the area, they'd know Enmore Theatre. So I'm pretty close yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 for anyone who isn't familiar with that area, it's quite densely populated. And you know, it, it's funny how you were saying before. You know, 
for anyone who has a big piece of land or a bigger piece of land, it becomes easier. But because it is so dense and small and very interconnected, like partition walls on left, left and right, there's so many design constraints. And from your uh, that the introduction video that you have on your on your website, the impossiblehouse.com, and also on your Instagram, it says that you've been through quite a number of people before you kind of settled. What was that process like? Like, was that tricky finding the right people? Yes, because I didn't, I, I don't know. Well, I didn't know what I didn't know when I started. So I know, <laughs> I know. We'll forgive you for that. More. We'll forgive you for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, was, I know a lot more now. And so, um, you know, that's kind of why I'm doing this as well, so that other people don't have to, you know, run into walls like I have and mm. they don't have to, you know, waste money on on people promising things and then not delivering. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the um, time wasted, I guess, has been me not knowing who the exact right people were to ask, ask about things. So, mm. um, yeah, it's just so much, so much time trying to find, find the right people and, um, you know, even with the water water solution, you know, I, I would think, oh, okay, so I'll talk to like some tank specialists and um, that kind of thing and, and they would know and then they'd kind of know half of it and then and then I'd talk to some engineers and then they would know the other half, but they wouldn't, it, it would be very difficult to kind of find someone that knew the whole process and the whole thing and the, you know, total integrated solution. So that's been very, very difficult. And then... Um, you know, having those people then be able to, uh, I guess, fit their solution in with everybody else's solution. So, you know, the architect and the builder and then um, the solar, like I have to, you know, I have to think about the energy use of my, you know, water solution because mm -hmm. if I'm trying to go off grid for solar, then, you know, how much electricity does that use? So it's yeah. it's one big kind of, um, you know, very, very inter interrelated uh, problem and yeah finding the right people is definitely the most difficult part yeah did you was it one of the numbers you had in that clip was you went through 27 different water specialists was it yeah so that was um me contacting so many people and kind of getting you know maybe five conversations in with each with each person and then you know both parties kind of realizing that they're what we needed was somebody who knew the whole process. So right. um, it's not just whacking in some water tanks. It's, right. it's also, you know, recycling um, the grey water and then where does the excess water go and, you know, understanding soil and how excess water gets absorbed into the soil and then, you know, right. um, building green walls. And um, so it, it's it was a lot more complex than I thought. And also, you know, those people that I engaged, um, uh, they're all, you know, very well meaning, but I don't think they also realised how big the, right. the project was as well. So we'd kind of, you know, go on these journeys together and then we'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, <laughs> this isn't going to work. So this is going to be insane if we actually pull this off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's, it's kind of like everything is intertwined in, in something else, right? Like, it's so funny, you know, we're talking yeah. about a small site and you would maybe think, oh, it's not going to be that much work because it's small. But in fact, the denser you get, 
the more overlap there are between the systems and therefore, you know, I would imagine that these contractors don't have to speak to other people. Uh, you know, if you've got a water expert, they're not necessarily speaking to a, a waste expert because right. they never have to fall on top of each other, right? Yeah. Oh, that's like you've hit the nail on the head that the smaller the space, the more that everybody has to talk to each other and um, and uh, it becomes like this iterative process as well. So, uh, okay, so we've got a solution for this and then let's move on to the, uh, on to the other solution. And, mm. But it can't, it's not kind of that closed form way of doing things. So you might start with one solution, but that original solution has to change because the next project <laughs> that yeah. you're working on <laughs> has to fit in with that one. So my poor architect, he has <laughs> redrawn. <laughs> a million, he's, he's done a million drawings for you, I bet. Yeah. yeah, and he's so he's so patient because I am probably the world's most annoying customer because you know every time every every time something changes I'm like Paul uh, we need to change the roof line yeah 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 but he's um he's definitely you know along for the along for the journey and he's been very very patient and um, he comes up with all these fantastic ideas as well so. Um, yeah, I'll give I'll give him a plug. So Paul Adams. <laughs> Pair with so yeah, what his name? Paul Lamons. Um, Paul Adams. Paul uh, Adams. He's in, yeah, he's in Melbourne, and he's um a, an architect uh, at Fairweather Homes, but they also do prefab. Pre prefab, that's right. I saw him. Yeah. 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 Shout outs to them. They seem to be the ones that we at least want to uh, veer towards if we're thinking about technical projects like this. Oh, yeah, like um. I think because he because he's all over the prefab stuff, he definitely has a has a technical mind. So mm -hmm. um, he's been really perfect for, for the project. Fantastic. Yeah. One of the one of the terms you used before, I really I really like, and I think you've probably discovered this through your own learning and research is that this nature of designing being iterative. It's like you can never. It's for me, as a as a someone who dabbles in permaculture design, I never have a finished drawing because you're right. always redesigning as you go. Yeah, and and yeah. I would imagine for a lot of um, yeah, for a lot of architects that that's perhaps not the the way that they do things, and then is is therefore quite frustrating to some people. Yeah, like you can't just kind of come up with a drawing and then you know submit it to council and then it gets passed through the development application you know the first time around mm. um yeah it definitely doesn't work like that and you know this project it definitely is not working like that so it goes up to the council and then they come back with questions and then um we try and fix whatever you know they weren't happy with and then goes back again so yeah yeah um, yeah i think um uh, anybody that's, I guess, thinking of starting on, on this project, um, I'm more than happy to, you know, ask, answer any questions that people have if they're trying to do a whole sustainable build um, and then, you know, how that, how that fits in with um, the council's expectations and that kind of thing. Because otherwise, you, um, I guess you're setting yourself up for disappointment if you, um, if you kind of, I guess, expect too much. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, one of the things that I'm that I'm really attracted to to your story, Laura, is that you do want this to be, 
you know, uh, sort of documented as a learning process for anyone else who was looking to do this. And I just wonder, you know, we've kind of spoken about this iterative, na iterative nature of designing. How has that been for you emotionally? Like, has it been something that you've maybe realised that it's just not going to, you're not going to be able to do a cookie, a, a cookie cutter um, explanation for everyone? Like, how do you think about that yeah. when you're thinking about sharing this with everyone? Yeah, I think... Um... Because what I've done is I tried to find uh, a house that would present almost every single problem and, you know, was the most difficult. The dip, I, this was, I was trying to make this the most difficult implementation of going <laughs> sustainable <laughs> as possible. Wow. yeah. <laughs> so, so that it kind of could help anybody. Yeah. So, um, and also, you know, if I focus on the framework and the process, um, then hopefully that will help people, even if their building isn't exactly the same, exactly the same as mine. So, you know, knowing what to do first, um, uh, knowing, you know, who to speak to. So, you know, even the fact that they could, you know, talk to the people that I've been using on the, um, through the whole process, then people will know that they're trustworthy and that they know what they're, what they're talking about. Because there's, you know, there's a lot of greenwashing and everybody's into sustainability and everybody's a sustainable, you know, builder and everybody's a sustainable architect at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not really. <laughs> so, um, you know, even the fact that, um, you know, I, I've used these, these people and um, they've just been, you know, perpetually coming through and delivering on everything that I need, then, you know, hopefully people can trust that they're, yeah. you know, they're the right people to talk to as well. Um, but then super valuable, you know, super valuable for, for anyone who is looking to do that. that. And that's probably one of the most valuable parts for, for me as someone who's sort of like uh, taking in your story. If I'm interested in doing this, like you've already done that hard work in a sense for us and, and we can now go to those people. And, and, you know, I just want to say thank you to you for, because I realize that this is so much more difficult than anyone ever thought it would be, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, well, for me as well. Like I knew it would be difficult, but mm. I didn't. I didn't realize it would take this long. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like I definitely prepared myself for things to go wrong, and I knew that there would be places where I would drop money on things and it wouldn't work out. And mm. um, so I was definitely managing my own expectations there because if you try, you know, if you're trying to do something and it's not really been done before, then you you're probably a bit silly to expect that it'll just work work its way out, you know, in a couple of months and everything will be fine and dandy and there'll be nothing <laughs> that goes wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 I definitely, definitely just wanted to manage my own expectations there and, and know that there would be times where I'd probably have a bit of a cry and <laughs> get angry and yeah, those yeah. Kinds, of, kinds of things. But, yeah, if I can help other people not have to do that, then hopefully there's, you know, a hundred impossible houses popping up yeah. in Newtown, Newtown one day. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, we kind of, you touched on before how every, every greenwashing and everything, everything sustainable is on trend right now. I think yeah. thankfully, thankfully at least, you know, as cliche as it might seem, there is a trend towards these types of systems being integrated into homes. And that gives me, you know, yeah. great, great hope, 
how does that how does it sound to you knowing that even your story might be the might be the impetus for more to come out of this you know oh you know even if even if two people did what I did that would make me happy um yeah. or even if they did parts parts of it like you know even if they just decided to change their toilet because they saw you know the toilet that I was I was using and the incinerator or, toilet that was cool yeah mm. yeah the Cinderella Cinderella <laughs> very <laughs> elegant very elegant I like it I like it yeah me too um, I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah yeah um Laura I just want to kind of take a step back for a second like why are you doing this? Like, if you ask yourself or if anyone comes up to you and say, why do you want this to happen? What is the impetus behind this project? What made you decide to challenge yourself, find the hardest, you know, possible thing to do and then and just go for it? Um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes I ask why I'm still doing it as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, like sometimes I get kind of you know, irritated with our leaders and their their lack of action on on climate change. And mm. I figure, well, if they're not going to pull their socks up, then we have to do it at the individual level. And, um, you know, most of us live in cities and they live in houses. We live in houses like I live in, which are in, you know, densely populated suburbs like, you, like you've spoken about. Mm. And so we have to figure out a way to make all of those houses sustainable if, you know, we're going to tackle this problem. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my motivation is, well, um, if I don't, if I don't give it a bash, then, you know, I don't think lots of our leaders are really giving it a, a bash to the extent that I want them to. So yeah. Um, yeah, I may as well, may as well do it myself, I guess. Yeah. So I'm hearing just basically for you just a desire to make this a reality. Yeah, I just, um, you know, I want to feel like I'm doing something. Yeah. Um, and I guess the other thing is that, you know, I know all my friends who have kids that are extremely busy. Everybody's got, you know, full-time jobs. Um, it's It's difficult to kind of, you know, focus on the world you know, falling apart because of climate change. And then also, you know, your kids going off to school and school fees and your job and like, there's a lot of things to focus on. So, you know, I get, I get that. So if I can make it as easy as possible um, and then hopefully it just becomes, you know, something that councils just kind of, uh, as you say, you know, make it the standard. It, it's just the, the way that things happen. Um, as a result of me showing that you can do it. Um, and, you know, that, that's, I think that makes sense. So if somebody's, somebody's kind of got to do it first. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and if I can make it much, much easier for everybody else, then perhaps they'd do it as well. Yeah, and then the, and the process from there on is a bit, little more streamlined each time and it becomes an easier exactly. thing to achieve. Yeah. Good on yeah. you, Laura. I, I'm, it's really, really admirable what you're doing. And, you know, oh, there, I think for certain there are thousands of people around, you know, just in Sydney alone who who probably think about this all the time. And like you said, either get caught up and, you know, swept up with life and, yeah. and you know, or don't have a template like you're creating and super valuable, man. It's just so cool. Um, one thing when I, my wife actually um, did a, 
a, a project in high school on Michael Mobs. Are you familiar with Michael? Oh, uh, yeah. 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 And I, th that was like when I saw yours, I was, when I saw The Impossible, I was like, oh, she's doing, it's like another Michael Mobs project, you know, where we're getting yeah. someone who is, first of all, focusing on conversion and not necessarily building from scratch, which, which yeah. I, I, I wonder if you'd like to talk to that about so for, for a moment, because you do live in one of the oldest suburbs in Sydney. And if we were to just, you know, go, oh, they're all crap, they don't work, we'll just, we'll keep building, like, you know, that, that seems like immensely irresponsible. Yeah. The, the nature of your story is it's a conversion. It's like a retrofit. And that's yeah. so cool. Like, do you want to talk to that for a little bit? Like, why do you think retrofitting and conversion is, is the way forward as well? Yeah, well, we can't, we can't do, you know, exactly what you said, which is just demolish everybody's houses and then build perfectly sustainable houses. One, it's... Um, it's expensive <laughs> so yep. you've got to yep. you've got to kind of work with what you've got but then also if you think about the fact that it's better to recycle and you know use use what you've got um uh that's you know it's always better to to stop energy being used on on you know constructing new things so mm. um and that's just the way that we have to do things going forward like we don't all have blocks out in um, out in you know rural areas and, right. and um, out on farms and that kind of things we live we live in places where we have to retrofit mm. so let's figure out how to do it in the most optimal efficient and, and sustainable way yeah yeah so um, so beautiful message we have to retrofit are you familiar with um, uh, David Holmgren's retro suburbia no. Wow. I'm so glad we've had a chance to speak today because I feel like we could share a bit of information with each other here. That There's a fantastic manual um, out by the co-originator of permaculture, which is also a design framework. Are you familiar with right. permaculture? With permaculture, yes, but I haven't yeah. heard of that fellow, yeah. Well, David Holmgren is, is one of two. He, he's the co-originator of the whole, the whole idea, the concept. And he, I think it was in about it was mid 2010s or something like that, released a really comprehensive, um, I would say it's a manual filled with illustrations on how to retrofit suburbia. And, right. and again, yeah. that, this is one of the things that was, I was so attracted to because you're actually doing it, you know? And um, yeah, basically just the, in a nutshell, he also thinks about this, like we are thinking about today, like, there's a responsibility to use what we have, not to yeah. create more waste because a lot of this, yeah. you know, in any construction, as I'm sure you've come to understand, it's all connected to the waste cycle as well. You know, like when you're doing fit outs, you're going to fill a skip of, of rubbish exactly. and that's going to go to landfill. It's like, you really got to, you got to nail in the, the process. Otherwise everything kind of is done for no reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, actually, that's something that um, I should mention as well, um, is we're demolishing the back of the house, but we're going to salvage as much of it as possible and then use it in the, um, use it in the renovation out the back. So the front, the front part of the cottage, the heritage part um, will basically remain the same. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, the, the back part will be demolished and we'll be using a lot of the like, cabinets out of the um, kitchen. So Denby, my designers, 
going to use that as a cabinet in the bathroom and we're going to recycle this big bookshelf that we have um, in the in the back uh, rooms as well and then reuse that again and um, been talking to the builders about how to use the old bricks and you know recycle concrete and and that kind of thing and I was very very surprised that um, we would be able to do that with prefab because okay I guess like in my head I've got you know this idea that prefab is um, you know custom built but you don't get really say you don't get any say over whether we can incorporate different types of materials or you can mm. re recycle things from the existing build, but you can. And so, um, you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a massive that bonus. Yeah, for sure. I was so, so pleased when we figured out we could do that because um, the other option was then to um, try to take a lot of it to, you know, a recycling um, uh, firm. Yeah. Uh, but if you know if I can use it in the in the actual house, then I think that that's that's optimal. Yeah, there's something beautiful about that as well, right? Like I'm always drawn to that sort of artisan nature of the way yeah. that people re reuse what they have, and it often yeah. comes out having like just there's a story behind whatever that yeah. newly dis, uh, constructed piece is, and it's got a bit of character. Yeah. And, um, uh, obviously, not everyone feels that way, but um, no. <laughs> very, very cool to hear that this company prefab because it sounds like prefabrication, like it's going to be constructed somewhere offsite and just come and just slot in like a piece of Lego. Exactly. Yeah. So, yep. so to, I'd love to dig into that a little bit more. Are, are they? What sort of things are they saying to you? Yeah, we can reuse from the build or from the demolition so part. They do do what you've said. So, you know, they build the um, building off-site, but then they will allow for um, certain elements to then be, you know, added to that to that construction. So, um, yeah, like those ca the cabinets that we already have and the bookshelf, um, that will be redesigned and turned into something else and then they'll slot that into the into the building when it's when it's being um, erected. Um, and we have a whole bunch of bricks and, and things in the walls that we might be able to reuse for um, some thermal mass uh, in the house once it's once it's rebuilt um, as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and we're just we're working with the builder um, Denby Dowling, who's my designer, and then Paul, who's the architect, on you know which things can work where and. Um, uh, and that's another another thing I should mention as well, Sam. Is like it's very very important to me that the that this new building looks uh, nice and it's appealing, yep. and that it looks like a you know nice beautiful modern home, and it doesn't come across as you know living out in that I'm living out in the sticks or that sure. I'm that I'm sacrificing any livability standards because I think. Um, you know, I was talking to, I have on my website a quote from one of my friends who I probably should have asked if it was okay if I put up, put up there. But, <laughs> but he said to me, I didn't, I didn't identify him, <laughs> but he said to me that um, he didn't want to live in a sustainable house because he likes having showers. Mm. And so I think, I think there's this like perception that being sustainable means that you sleep in a tent. Yeah, and that um, and that you don't shower, and um, you know, you've got to sacrifice things. So I just really want to tackle that that notion. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. That, that's so interesting. You said that. That's one of the fundamental impetus behind this podcast is um, is exploring this nexus between yeah, because because a lot of people think that if you're going to be completely sustainable, that you go out into the sticks and you live off grid, and exactly. everything kind of returns more to like a a paganistic lifestyle as a as a, as opposed <laughs> yeah. to like a future you know where we integrate technology and we just yes. think about things more yeah. smartly yes. um and, and and i find that uh kind of prevalent in this in this world that i'm existing in with permaculture is permaculture to a lot of people is about going back in back in time to be more you know whatever less impactful but yeah. really what people want i think to a large degree is like you're trying to do is create a modern, well thought out living space that yes. shows that you can you can be a part of nature and work with it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's exactly exactly right. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, who were your inspirations for this? Like, obviously, you've you've learned a lot along the way. But before you embarked on this, was there anything for you that was like, I want to do that, or this person's onto the right thing, I'll follow their trail? Yeah, there's there's um so. I've, I kind of always had the, the idea, um, but uh, I saw a house in Canberra, so Canberra's sustainable house. Um, a, guy, a guy called Nick um, built that house and um, he was definitely um, a, an inspiration. Um, but again, he lives, you know, he's in Canberra and the blocks down there are very substantial. So you've got loads and loads of space. Um, and, uh, but he, yeah, he definitely, um, you know, showed me that you can you can go the whole hog, and mm. uh, um, yeah, he also has a lot of space to grow his own food and and that that kind of thing, which is um, or that's also inspirational. But I think that will be a real struggle for me on on this block. So I'm going to have to be very very creative with um, small space gardens. Yeah, um, and then I guess. Um, like all of the, the people um, associated with Sustainable House Day, um, you know, like when you, go, when you go around on Sustainable House Day and you, you get to go into other people's houses, you're like, well, there's so many people that are so creative and doing their own little thing. And, you know, even if they don't have that much money, they, they figure out something that they can do, which I mm -hmm. find, you know, um, that, that makes me pretty happy because I think, there's also this idea that, well, you've got to have a, you know, a, a bit of a quid to be able to, to live sustainably as well. But I think if you be clever about things, you can actually end up saving money if you do it the right way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's also, that's also important to me on this project is that the solutions that we come up with are not ridiculously expensive because, again, if I want other people to copy it, then it's got to be, a, it's got to be attainable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so there's so many people just even across Sydney that are doing all their these little things here and there. There's a house in Newtown just up the road, um, and that almost everything in their house um, was recycled from like a recycling um, uh, plant, and you know, or they you know ask builders to keep an eye out for window frames, and so and then cool. you know they drive they drive over and, and get these window frames, or they'd see things you know 
um, on the, out in the front of somebody's house and ask mm. them if they could <laughs> if they could use that. And yeah, yeah. That it's it sounds as though their house would be very kind of you know all over the shop, but it was beautiful and um, and it had you know these unique pieces that they all you know like like you said, there's a story to tell. So um, they had they had a window that came out of a, a, a ship, like so it was a circular circular window like that they put in the house. The hole, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, like that's pretty cool. And the kids, their kids loved it and they like to tell a story about it. And mm. yeah, there's those kind of things I think that can can end up being, you know, something really nice in in a beautiful house. So yeah. 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 And and doesn't necessarily have to turn out and look really eclectic. Um, it's amazing what a coat of paint will do really, you know, it's, it's one thing to find a, a bunch of different things and put them together, but you can, you know, you can even then use recycled timber to line everything and make it look really modern. Yeah. Yes. There's something yeah. really attractive about people who are just responsible and, and um, what's the word like opportunistic, you know, like they're, they're out yeah. there spending time finding the things i mean if if you were to look at my backyard right now i think i spent about 50 dollars on you know on everything like i've got brick raised <laughs> beds and sleepers and i've got pallets yeah. along the wall and i've got water tanks and stuff all of it was found um but if you walk in the space it looks quite modern and yes you know yeah again it doesn't have to look like you're from the 1800s <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is yes. cool if you want that that's fine go for it you know yeah. Um, it can be done in a modern way. Yeah. So yeah. just before you were talking about, I, I didn't realize because it's not on your website that I can see anyway, is um, you are concerned about the, the way you will consume food as well. Are you looking to grow some food or as much food as you can on site? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't figured that solution out yet. So um, I think that, that part of it will have to come after the house is built. And I've figured out, you know, just how much, because um, I have all the solar diagrams and all of that kind of thing, but it's not really the same until I've, I've been living in the house and I know where things will grow and, and that yeah. kind of thing. And I'll have, I'll have green walls um, mm -hmm. on, over quite a large portion of the house. Um, so I'm hoping that I can use a lot of that to be able to, you know, grow vegetables and, and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. But I'm going to have to do quite a bit of research on plants that will do well in, you know, in green walls <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah. and in, you know, small, small plants that have, I guess, been designed to produce fruit that don't require a lot of soil and, and yeah. that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, yeah I guess, um, you know, I'd probably need to speak, speak to, you know, people like you and, and all the other people that you've been speaking to over the yeah. years as well and just to, to figure that out because it's definitely not my area. Um, but it's something that when you, you know, read the research, um, shipping food all over the world and storage and, you know, that makes a dent in, in terms of carbon emissions. So the more that I can kind of look after myself on my own little block, um, the less, less impact that I'm making. Mm. And then the other, the other thing as well is, you know, like I work really long hours and again, so do, so do a lot of other people. So do they have time to be doing, doing all of this? So, so I need to figure out a way to do that 
so that that doesn't become my full-time job because I still have my full-time job. Right. Yeah. You don't want to necessarily become an urban farmer all of a sudden as well, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 That's really, I would love to help you out if you're interested in talking about this. We can talk about this after the podcast, but I love doing sorts of things. And I I wonder if you've had a think about, um, I know you're looking to do uh, grey water and wastewater treatments and things like that. Um, yeah. what, what does that look like on the site at the moment? Like, how is that going to work? Because it's often yeah. that a, a lot of the food production can sort of be integrated into those systems. And I'm just curious, how's that developing for you? Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, so we have to, there's a part of the solution that requires um, a lot of the water to kind of be, uh, to kind of exit from the system. Yeah. Um, because you can't just keep you can't just keep recycling the water over and over again because the like salt builds up and then it becomes um, toxic for your for your plants. So you have to you do have to have um, quite a bit of water being either you know put on the garden or onto the green walls. Um, and yeah. if I was still connected to the grid, then it would be okay and it would you know go down the stormwater drains. But we want to keep as much water where it falls. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the design will definitely have to incorporate, um, as you've suggested, um, plants and food production. Um, so I have to figure out how to um, disperse that, that excess water in a way that will be good for my fruit and vegetables, mm. um, but then also allows me to maximise the amount of water that that gets recycled Mm. um, so that I'm not then creating a um, excess salt problem in in the water that I do put put onto the onto the veggies and and the rest of the garden Um, and so you know that's where the engineers and and stuff come in because they need to you know be able to calculate all of that stuff and be able to calculate how much water needs to leave the system and how much water can stay in the system. And, yeah. um, and so this, this particular thing was something that um, everybody had a kind of different uh, opinion on. So right. um, there's so many, I think there's so many different ways that I, that I could do this that that's why there were so many different opinions. Um, what does and, that spectrum of opinion look like? Like what, what was it ranging from what to what? Um, so what, uh, one was that there was no way that I could actually disconnect from the, from the grid, that I would still have to have, you know, water, excess water being put into the drains and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then there, then there was a, no, we can absolutely be completely removed from, from the grid. Um, but it will, it would require like significant changes to the building design and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we're still work, we're still working through that exact solution. Um, and uh, Paul's been, you know, talking to um, a few of his uh, experts about it uh, as well. And um, we've been talking to a few people in the, in the States um, who have uh, expertise in, in that area. Um, but it is, hands down the most complicated part of the of the whole solution yeah and, and why is that like what what have you found why is it so complicated just because of how many things it's connected to or 
Yeah, um, space. space <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, like um, uh, being able to harvest enough water. Mm. Um, so I have to put, I'm putting water tanks everywhere. There's a spot that I could put water tanks. So um, nice. <laughs> under the floor, out the back, um, in the courtyard, out the front, I'm going to dig a big hole further down and, and put a, a water tank um, under the ground there as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, as many, many water tanks um, as possible. Um, and so because there's not much space to be able to harvest enough water, that means that there's extra pressure on the um, requirement to recycle yeah. as much water um, as possible. Yeah. And then, of course, you can't keep recycling the same water over and over over again. Mm. Um, so you've got to get rid of, rid of some of it. Um, but then on top of that, and I hadn't really thought about this, um, and this was when I, when I started doing the modelling and realised there was... Um, there was excess water to deal with that actually became the biggest problem. So um, like if there's a storm, what do I do when everything's full? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it kind of goes from one extreme to the, to the other. So at first I was like, Oh, I don't have enough. I'm not going to have enough water. And then, you know, we kind of got to the point where I was like, Oh, I think, I, you know, we might have enough water tanks now we might we might have enough water mm. and then i started like building these water calculators and i was like hang on a sec i'm gonna flood <laughs> myself <laughs> yeah. i think the bigger problem is if it all of all of a sudden storms and then everything's full so yeah, yeah. so that was that was funny <laughs> i bet it was yeah 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 you've gone from thinking oh my god i need to do all of this to get all these and then it's like oh my god i'm gonna need a snorkel by the end of, of storm yeah yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, exactly. and, and then and then that I guess, and I, I'm just imagining what it was like. I, I imagine you then have to start thinking about, you know, where the egress points are for your water into the existing stormwater networks, and then where are they going to? And yeah, there's a lot going on there, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And, you, and I, I, you 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 begin to understand uh, when people, you know, they they talk about the cliche that water is life because it literally is connected to everything and everything you do affects it and vice versa. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I think, I think it's a, it's, it's possibly one of the most valuable areas uh, for me as, a, as someone who's watching your story or anyone who's watching your story. I feel like there's a lot to learn in this space, particularly in the urban environment, because, you know, we, we, we all get to see people who have a solar, a solar roof or a solar system and we know that people, um, if they can afford it and calculate they need it, have like a battery storage system. And, yeah. Um, yeah. But when it comes to water and wastewater, like all of those things are under the ground and no one ever sees it. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I was actually speaking to a, a permaculture designer the other day. He's in, he's in the States as well. Um, Shout-outs to Andrew Millison. And he is working on some, he, he went to India and, and spent some time just recording what has been uh, done with the Indian water revolution. Right. And, uh, if you're interested in just sort of kind of seeing what um, people have set up in terms of backyard solutions, it's very inspiring. It's also quite, you know, it's quite high tech, but I would imagine it's not, expensive high tech it's just like about yeah, yeah. the right structures yeah, yeah. and feeding them in so that might be someone you want to check out 
Um, oh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good idea because, you know, those people are doing it out of necessity. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and it, that's and it looks beautiful, Laura. Like, I know that you want to make this a beautiful house. And yeah, I, I agree with that. You should. But, you know, these things become like structures in their garden. It looks really ornamental, but obviously it's high yeah, right. functional. So. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about the um, interior design of the house. This is something that you're quite keen on as well. <clears throat> yes. Um, so, you know, I could just build the house and, you know, just kind of go with the flow and, and you know, whatever comes with the with the prefab kind of standard, you know, build and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, I definitely wanted it to look like a designer home. So I spent quite a bit of time looking for a designer um, who I liked, um, but then was also going to do the legwork on the sustainability because, mm. um, because I'm quite specific about how, how sustainable I want the, um, the fittings and yeah. the furniture and, and, you know, everything to be. So uh, I did, I stumbled across um, a lady called Denby Dowling and she is amazing um, she definitely goes, you know, above and beyond. And, and again, you know, every, every little quirk that I um, put forward, she accommodates. So, um, you know, I don't want any concrete. I want to make sure it's, um, you know, every single material that she uses is as far as possible non-toxic or, or recycled or, you know, handmade locally. And so the list is long. <laughs> And yeah, it's very no, good on you, man. Very, You're gonna do this properly, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah. yep. Do it properly, I say. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, she doesn't, you know, um, she doesn't balk at that. She's just like, yep, okay, goes away and does does the research, and then comes back with these amazing ideas. And you know, that that's the kind of person that you want on on these projects. Like they yeah. they they get energized by it, and they're excited. About, instead of, oh, you know, stop giving me so much work to do. <laughs> but they're, they're, um... <laughs> yeah, they're excited when you ask for more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, so she's been, she's been, her and Paul, like just, yeah, they're so, they're so fantastic. Mm. Great. So, so the interior design aspect of the house is super important to you. You want it to feel like it's a designer home. Um, yeah you were saying you don't want any concrete, like, what do you mean? Like no concrete furniture or like, cause I imagine a lot of the building is brick and stuff like that. So what do you mean by no concrete? Yeah. So like if they poured the slab in, right. in the new build and, um, but then also a lot of people use concrete for thermal mass. So, yeah. um, and, uh, and it works really well for that. It's like, you know, the best material for that. Um, but it uses a lot of energy in the construction process and, yeah. um, uh, I think there's, you know, I think there's people trying to, you know, decarbonize it a, a little bit and, and make the um, whole process a lot more efficient and, and that kind of thing. But I don't think it's there yet. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I've put, I've put that constraint on, um, on Paul and, and Denby, which of course is making it more difficult for them. But, uh -huh. um, <laughs> but, but at the but, same uh, time, like stretching the field in a direction it needs to be stretched. So, you know, kudos to you for doing that. Oh, thanks. And, and, and I mean, you know, now that they as professionals are having this opportunity to work with a client like yourself who is really putting those um, strains on them, if you will, 
they then can go forward and say, hi, I have the experience to do this and can do it for more people, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So now, you know, Demby can absolutely say now she's an expert in, you know, sustainable design because yeah. Um, yeah, she even like she knows more than me about some stuff now. So that's that's been impressive for me to see how because she she was quite passionate about sustainability when uh, when I engaged her, but she's taken it to the next level. <laughs> so um, yeah, she's definitely you know doing as you've suggested that would happen. Is um, yeah, now she's taking that knowledge and and helping other people. So mm, yeah. Mm. So I, I, I imagine instead of like pouring a concrete slab for a thermal mass, you would uh, look at like recycling bricks or maybe even recycling mortar and concrete that's already on site, right? Oh, exactly. Um, so there's, yeah, a lot of bricks in the, in the build, building at the back that will probably try to turn into a feature wall um, yeah, for, the, nice. for the thermal mass. And um, we were speaking to the builders about what to do with the concrete. Um, we haven't we haven't figured that out yet, but apparently there are a lot of places that will take your um, take your concrete if it's in the right form, and then they can use it in in other areas. But ideally, I would you know like to use it here. Mm. Uh, but if I can't, then that's kind of I guess the last resort. Yeah, is that so? How, what is your research been like in that area? Like I don't know a lot about recycling concrete, but I imagine that it, it could be right. Like. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I'm again. I'm not an expert in this in this okay. area, but um, I think one of the issues, and it's kind of the same with recycling bricks, is um, it takes so much time that sometimes it becomes prohibitively expensive for people. So, right. so they like the idea of you know recycling bricks, but when you when you take them. Um, uh, off-site then you've got to clean them get all the concrete off them and you've got to get them into a you know a place that's got nice symmetry and form to them so that they can then be reused reused again so I think the cost part can be an issue for people and I think that's the same with the with the recycled concrete and sometimes I think also um, uh, some of the people that I was speaking to were saying that it's not that easy sometimes to actually get these materials in an impure uh, sorry in a pure enough form form. yeah yeah like chipping when you I guess demolishing things they it never breaks in a nice way that's not (laughs) you know (laughs) doesn't doesn't fall back into the categories that it was like (laughs) yeah the the constituents of all its parts yeah 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 so like the tiles will get mixed in with the concrete and some of the bricks will get so I think there's that that issue as well and um so I think I think all these things you know maybe 10 years down the track people would have figured it out and we'll have some clever way of doing it Mm. um but at the moment I don't think we do have that that clever way so it's it's very tricky or at least we're in the process of of you know figuring that out yeah yeah, I've spent many hours cleaning recycled bricks and reusing them, but I can imagine when it comes back to concrete, because concrete's an, a mixed aggregate, there's different particles and it's not easy to just re, you know, re-unpack them and then put them back into something else. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, uh, what other, I'm interested to hear, like, are there any, for you on the side, are there any, like, particular construction materials that you have sought out to use? 
because you, you, obviously it's not, um, I don't know what it's like, but I'm sure it's not possible to recycle everything. So you will need to bring in some new stuff. What has that yeah. been like for you? Yeah, so in the um, new build, the actual prefab build, we'll be using timber and, cool. um, yeah, sustainably sourced um, timber. Um, so that's definitely going to be, I guess, the new part. And um, uh, that, that's been important to me that the materials that we're using there are also going to not be treated with toxic um, treatments and yeah. therefore not, not emit, you know, toxic fumes. Yeah, there's um, no outgassing of things. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then less about the building, but more about the, you know, fittings and, um, uh, you know, lounges and interior de decorating and, and that kind of thing. So um, I like a lot of colour. Um, How good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But unfor unfortunately, all those um, really bright colours are often not great yeah. for the environment. So... Um, uh, so, you know, the colour that I will get in the house, I think, will be a little bit more muted because it's, you know, um, nature doesn't tend to make um, fluorescent pink um, <laughs> <laughs> colours that you can put into, yeah. into your, your fabric. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good um, consideration to have when, you, when you're looking at purchasing a new cushion or something like that. Like, oh, that's a really bright colour. I'm sure there's some sort of synthetic um, polymer in there, you know, because it doesn't happen naturally, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, I love hearing that you're, you know, you're going to be sourcing through prefab. A lot of the new build will be with timber. Um, I'm wondering if you've heard much about, um, is it, uh, what's that company? The big company Atlassian. They're, they're yes. talking about building yeah. that giant building in the central district or whatever. And they're wanting to do that in timber. That's pretty inspiring stuff as well, right? Yeah, I, I love Atlassian. Like they, yeah. I, I like how outspoken their their leader is about you know climate change and yeah. all of that kind of thing. So, mm. um, yeah, this is a side rant, but I think we should have more more people doing good things for society and and the environment that also run run businesses because money money changes things. So, you know, if you've got people like that kind of doing good things for the environment and society as well as running a business and yeah. yep, go, go, you good things. Go, you good things. Go, you yep. good Yeah. <laughs> I had a fascinating um, conversation. Uh, you can listen to it on this podcast with, um, with a senior associate at Aspect Studios. Uh, her name's Lauren Nissen and, and she, Aspect Studios designed that number one central park building. The, oh, one right. the one that's draped yep. in all the greenery and yeah. all of, the, all of yep. the, the new stuff down at um, the Darling Quarter Precinct where it's just plants and things are integrated. Yep. And um, she said something that was really powerful to me. She said, and this, this brings hope into the, into the conversation because she said, basically, Sam, if you are an architectural studio and you're not doing stuff like this, you're getting left behind. Yeah. And that really was like, oh, awesome. You know, like, yeah. you know, we kind of touched on how some things are becoming trendy. I think it's, I think we can both agree when things like this start to trend, we're all happy, right? Oh, for sure. If they're, yeah, if they're actually doing something good, then 
good. I'm glad that that's a trend and I'm glad mm. that people that are not on board with this stuff are getting left behind. So, yeah. yeah, I, <laughs> yeah no, no, I'm sorry to say, yeah. but you're going to get left behind and, yeah. 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 Keep up, people, because we, we're going to design a better place for everyone to live. And if you're not on board, well, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I oh, totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what has been your, you know... I, well, first of all, have you started any of the build yet or are we still just very much in planning? Um, oh, so actually you know, a couple of days ago, I I just submitted the third third DA. So That's right. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, well, fingers crossed I can start the build before the end of the year, but I think COVID kind of put a big backlog on everything. So, um so we'll see see what happens. So in theory, I would love to have this all built before the end of the year. Mm. Um, so I'm ready to go, <laughs> but whether yeah. you know, whether everything else um, lets me go, I don't I don't think so. But um, it's good to hope and dream. <laughs> so so where are you? Like where are you at the moment? Because I know that in that sort of little um, consortium of people that you you've found. Um, you know, common space with one of the members on there. I forgot his name. Is actually part of the council and works in developmental assessment. Um. Oh, yeah. So they're they're not really part of um. I guess the Impossible House team, but I definitely have been um consulting with the Inner West Council because they're right. very very supportive of the project. And, oh, they are. Um, yeah, and I, I guess from um, you know, some of the conversations that I've had with them, the way they see it is that one day they would like to have this be the standard for, wow. for all new all renovations and, and builds. So, um, yeah, I'm very lucky to live in the Inner West Council because they're, you know, totally on board with this kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so they, they featured in um, the promotional video for Sustainable House Day and um, yeah, we consult very closely with them and I want to make sure that everything that I do is, um, you know, within the rules and because um, uh, I want to, you know, I want um, the Inner West Council to be promoting this kind of thing as well. So, you know, we all want to get to the same place and um, so I, I definitely want to make sure that what we're doing is in keeping with how they want to run things as well yeah and, and I, I imagine that they see value in, in in helping you along with this because if you can show that it can be done then more people right. can, can go to them and say hey can we do this and like oh yeah laura did that sure like this yeah. is how you do it and it just yeah. it's a mutually beneficial um enterprise really isn't it yeah exactly so you know if i'm doing it and it's to the standards that the council have set then you know happy days so. yeah and are you confident in that right now like you said you've just handed off the third da like how do you feel it's going when do you expect to hear back like yeah um yeah i think the the last um set of notes that we got back um i feel like we've addressed everything and and all of their concerns and so i feel like we're we're on the right track now so right. um i expect i expect they'll come back with a few more um queries and you know questions about things which is pretty normal 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel pretty confident that you know what we've what we're doing now is um, is uh, hopefully going to get the, the thumbs up. Yeah. What about the solar? I know you mentioned recently that obviously having a heritage listed facade, as I do as well, is quite yeah. a challenge um, yeah. for obvious reasons. How are you going with that solar? That solar issue, because I know you you kind of want to use that space, don't you? Yeah. So um, the heritage aspect of the the house means that you're not really meant to put solar panels on the on the front roof because it you know kind of um, like some people think it ruins the aesthetic and and um, if you've got a heritage home, it's meant to especially if you're in a row of cottages. The houses are all meant to kind of look the same from the front. Mm. Um, but my issue, I guess, with not being able to put solar panels on, on the front roof um, is that we're in a climate emergency. And, right. Um, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I 100% agree with the premise of looking after our buildings and and maintaining our heritage and, you know, knowing where we've come from and our history and, and all of that kind of thing. Um, but also, you know, if our houses burn down because the bushfires keep getting worse, <laughs> then um, I don't see the heritage aspect being more important than the, than the climate change aspect there. So... Oh, here, um, here, here, yeah. Yeah. So I just, you know, I, I want to try and figure out a way to do it that will, you know, be very you know not overwhelming for the for the aesthetics and still looks nice and it still has the heritage look and yeah and that kind of thing but i will if i'm going to go completely off grid i need that little space out at the front for solar panels um so we've been talking with the with the council about it and um i don't think they'll say yes at this stage but um uh, you know, that we can still keep talking about it and, and see what happens. But um, it's an ongoing yeah, conversation. It's, yeah, exactly. Because um, things things change, like the you know rules with with buildings and planning and that kind of thing change change over time. Yes. Um, and I and I know lots and lots of people are are supportive of of this change as well. And um, so fingers crossed that I fingers will be able crossed. To, able to do it yeah yeah fingers well i have my fingers crossed for you because yeah i mean i'm glad you brought up the fact that we are in a climate you know there's sometimes sometimes we have to take the context of the situation at hand and really really ask ourselves okay i understand there's an aesthetic here we're trying to please for everyone but can we yeah. be adults about this for a moment and just say <laughs> look yeah. are you really worried about my roof like if you're standing out the front and you're staring at my roof for too long, I'd say that you've got an issue, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Very politely, you know, you say it however you need to. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And, and, and I imagine for you, uh, and I don't want to try, I'm not trying to put you in hot water, but you don't want to speak out against the council and create a friction where this conversation then ends no. up. So it's a balancing act. Yeah, because they're... They are committed to, you know, net zero emissions. They're mm. doing so many things that I am so behind. Like they're, they're, you know, as I mentioned, I think that they're one of the most, you know, um, progressive councils and um, definitely, definitely trying to do the right thing when it comes to, to climate change. And I don't want, 
I want us to all stay friends because we're trying to we're trying to solve the same the same yeah. problems. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just see this as as me just saying, hey, you know, there's this thing here. Can we talk about it? Because you know, maybe we could change the rules a bit. Yeah, maybe <laughs> just just a little bit, like where it's yeah. reasonable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, are, are you interested in? Um, I know. I know. Earlier, you said obviously you want to do as much as this at an affordable rate so it is attainable for for anyone uh, is there any interest in showcasing some piece of the latest technology in your in your build like is there any desire to you know because i think for a lot of people um for a number of reasons you know like like i really like what you said before about wanting to make this feel like a designer home that that attracts you know we do live in a capitalist society and we do want to upsell these things the best we can so you by doing that you know one of the ways that's making it beautiful but another way of doing this is also showcasing some piece of higher technology that that really yes. attracts people in have you thought about the so i don't know if you've um, been following what, one of mr elon musk's companies this solar city where with the solar roof tiles have you thought about that yes yeah oh i have 100 percent been following that because um uh, you know, I would definitely want to incorporate that kind of thing um, mm -hmm. into the into the build, but I'm trying to balance that. Would would other people pay for this? Yeah. Um, versus having you know the best technology and um, yeah uh, the best possible solution. So because this is because I'm trying to make this a template. For other people to to copy and making it as accessible as, as other people, I have to incorporate. I have to consider cost in in that equation. Mm. Um, so you know, if if we all had all the money in the world at this stage, those type types of things would um, you know be affordable. If I was if I was Elon Musk, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah if I, you know the average Joe Blow, those things are pretty expensive still. Um, well, so that, that's an interesting conversation right there because a lot of the advertising that I've been seeing in recent times with the solar roof in particular with that that company solar city is that it's coming down to be as cheap or even cheaper than replacing your existing roof so I mean I obviously we in Australia are a little bit constrained as well like like first of all Scotty from marketing has got a neck around a noose when it comes to like electric cars and stuff so we're, you know we're a struggling nation for some very unfortunate reasons so i i would imagine that you know just importing it over because it's cheap over there doesn't mean it's going to be cheap by the time it hits our shores right but you do have quite a small profile roof and i wonder maybe maybe it is affordable considering that space what do you i mean what do you think yeah well well maybe in the last six months maybe i've missed the um the cost decline <laughs> But, I think um, it's coming down. I think it's coming down. I think, oh, okay. I better, I should have another look at it. But definitely when we were um, designing the solution, those things were way more expensive than, yeah. than the current solution. But if you're saying that it's, um, you know, there's been advances, then I should definitely, definitely look at it again. Yeah, don't quote me on it, but have a look because, and yeah. I think when you start to factor in the, the, the long-term investment, it actually works out a lot cheaper as well. Um, right, okay. <clears throat> you know, which is something we're all thinking with sustainable also means length of time you're sustaining something for as well. So. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to be replacing things because 
landfill. <laughs> so, because landfill, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, I really hope that little that little front section gets sorted out because to hear when I heard you say like, you know, you need that to get completely off grid, it'd be such yeah. a it'd be disappointing if such a small thing like that was, you know, couldn't be resolved, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like so close and then just that one little thing, you know, kind just of race. So yeah. I'm yeah. sure you'll get there. I'm sure, uh, like uh, like you, I, I have a fairly good council and um, everyone is on the same boat. We all want to hit net zero and yeah, I have faith. I have faith in, in that, sort of, that sort of process. Um, I've got one sort of question for you here, Laura. What has been the most enjoyable aspect of this for you? Um, I think it's meeting other people that have the same perspective and the same passion for trying to solve these problems. So, you know, the fact that you and I are having this conversation now and, and you know, you're just as kind of bitter and twisted about the lack of urgency from our, <laughs> from our leaders, like it makes me happy to know that there's other people out there that are giving it a bash and, and yeah. that are as passionate about it. Because I think sometimes you kind of go, does anybody care? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> But um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm meeting all these awesome people and it just puts a, a spring in my step. So yeah. You kind of realise that there's more of us out there than you thought, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, and that in itself is like, ah, oh, awesome. You know, I'm exactly. so glad that it's not just me and I'm so glad that people are thinking about this the way we're thinking about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it's very heartwarming. Yeah. Yes. Laura, if um, if someone wanted to follow the story of the impossible house, which I hope becomes the possible house, and I'm sure it will, <laughs> um, where would where would people find your journey and and just keep up to date with what's going on? Um, yeah, so there's the impossiblehouse.com website, mm -hmm. um, and then on Instagram, and I think we're gonna get set up on Facebook and, and Pinterest soon. But yeah, definitely theimpossiblehouse.com. And then um, if you look for that on, on Instagram as well, and I think Sam and I follow each other, so you could probably easily find me yep. on there. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. I mean, the website is awesome. Not only is it a story of what's going on, but you have, you know, you've got advice on there, you've got resources, you've got a whole tab uh, under solutions and you, you kind of really have, you know, open my eyes to like the the steps and the order of procession that that is worth approaching these types of projects. And that is super valuable because as you've mentioned, you can get caught up doing things and realize you've got to take like 20 steps back to make sure you oh, exactly. yeah. So yeah. again, thank yeah. you so much for that because that is very valuable. And we we myself and other people around the world really value um, the, you know, the open source nature that you've taken to educating us. So, so thank you on behalf of everyone. Ah, oh, thank you, Sam. Thank no, you. no worries at all. Lauren, I'd hope to, I'd, I'd hope to um, speak to you in the future and, and maybe, you know, a few months down the track or a year down the track when things have really advanced, we could, we could uh, showcase what's going on. Would, would you be open to that? Oh, hundred percent. And, um, and actually we're, going to try and get a, a podcast off the ground so i'll i'll uh, get you in on and you can um talk about your stuff so yeah well we'll talk about you know we can help each other i've got a little bit of understanding about urban gardens and integrating yes. the systems so who knows yeah. it could be a mutual mutually beneficial partnership in the future
Oh, excellent. That sounds really great. Lovely. All right, Lauren, thank you very much for your time and um, we'll speak to you next time. Okay. See ya. Bye. Bye.